The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, when there, was, when there were, again was a crowd, great crowd, without anything to eat, Jesus summoned the disciples and said, My heart is moved with pity for the crowd, because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will collapse on the way, and some of them have come a great distance. His disciples answered him, Where can anyone get enough bread to satisfy them here in this deserted place? Still he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They replied, Seven. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to distribute, and they distributed them to the crowd. They also had a few fish. He said the blessing over them and ordered them distributed also. They ate and were satisfied. They picked up the fragments left over, seven baskets. There were about 4,000 people. He dismissed the crowd and got into the boat with his disciples and came to the region of Dalmanutha. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, a little bit of uh, deja vu in the gospel. You know, that's uh, the uh, feeding of the of the multitude is um, is somewhat repeated. Yeah, the numbers are, are a little bit different. It's a thousand fewer people and a couple more loaves. So this one was just easy. You know, this was easy for him. Seven loaves and four thousand, easy. That's easy stuff. You know, the uh, the hard one came before. Five loaves and uh, and uh, five thousand. Anyway, okay, great. So everyone's in a good mood this morning. Good. Okay, so <laughs> whatever you want, whatever you want. I got the scourge right here. It's on my. You know, I'm ready to wield it if you want. So uh, no, it's good. Um, yeah, look, it's it's uh, it, it's. I don't know. It's it's not for nothing that that we see this kind of thing again, right? This is what Jesus was up to. Yeah, this, it's that simple. And uh, and Mark is faithfully recounting it. We have to perhaps remember that that Mark is is delivering something of the uh, the memoirs of of Saint Peter. And so we can think of how prominently these uh, these feeding miracles were in Saint Peter's preaching. And uh, I think I think Mark would have gotten it right. Do you know? Sometimes we read it, we go, "Ah, this was strange. Like it's a it's a different it's a bit of a different place, a bit of a different crowd." But you know, did that really happen? Did that really happen? And uh, and the answer is yes, it did. It did really happen. And uh, part of the indication of um, of its significance actually is is found in our reading Genesis in parallel with the gospel uh, this week, because because in Jesus we see what God always intended for uh, for human beings to be. Yeah, and uh, and we can look at that and say, yeah, what are you talking about? Like this is that a crazy idea that that human beings have such power over? Uh, the the um, God's beloved world, His creation, that this that this kind of fruitfulness is is possible, if we were if we were locked into to who we who we are, who we're meant to be, and the answer is yes. This is what this is who we're meant to be. Tremendously powerful, but you know our problem is of course that you know we conceive of power only in in very limited ways. And, uh, and usually those ways are self-aggrandizing or self-saving. That's what we want to do. We're always looking to save ourselves. Right? What's, what's the one quality or characteristic of Jesus' life that, sh- that shines beyond all others? Is his unwillingness to save himself. He's giving himself away. He's never, never, in fact, asking what he can get out of 
this or that or the other or this person or that person, whatever. He's not. He's giving himself away. He's living his life as pure self-gift. He, he, I mean, of course he is because he's the, he's the incarnation of the true and living God who is nothing other than pure self-gift. He's nothing other than radical generosity. Jesus embodies that perfectly. Right? But the, again, this is, this is what man was supposed to be. Right? This is what it means to be made in the image and likeness of God. You know, I get it that we have some, you know, we have some uh, catechetical formulae out there to talk about. Well, actually, there are very few of them, but we've just kind of accepted it in common uh, Catholic parlance today to speak of the, being made in the image and likeness of God as having intellect and free will. Yeah, great. Very boring, yeah? But it's, oh, great. Okay, great. We do have intellect and free will. This is one of the distinctive characteristics, right, of, of what it means to be a man as opposed to being some other animal in God's creation. But this is not the point. The point is that we have intellect and free will so that we can be those things that God has made us to be, his image bearers. That's the point. In order to be his image bearers, we need intellect and, and free will. We have those, right? That's a const constitutive part of our nature. But we've, we've been given that so as to be God's image bearers. And we see what it means to be an image bearer in Jesus. And, you know, we're called to that very same thing by Jesus himself. It's like, okay, look, here, you know, there's a crowd gathered, yeah? They're hungry. You think Jesus doesn't know about it? Does Jesus, okay, sorry, this is not a rhetorical question. Does Jesus know about it? Does he know that they're hungry? Yeah, I know. It's, it's tough when you sit in the front row. It's like, you, got, you know, you got to keep me happy, you know? It's like... It's one of the chief. It's one of the chief goals. We've moved. We've moved people out of the front row before for their inability to keep me happy. You know, it's like he's preaching angry homilies these days. You know, it's like yeah, we got to move that guy out of the front row. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, Jesus knows they're hungry. He right. He knows they're hungry. He knows what they have. He knows what food they have and what they don't have. Yeah, and he he doesn't walk out there and say, okay, here you go, boom, 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 just start you know, showering it down from, from the sky. He could do that. He did that before, right? He did that in the wilderness with Israel. He's not, but he's not doing that for good reason because, he's, because what he's doing is renewing his disciples according to God's plan to have them be his image bearers. What does that mean? It means that they have to notice the need. This, this, this story is more about them than it is about the feeding of the, of the multitude. They have, to, they have to sense the need. They have to be sensitive to it. And if you're hanging around Jesus, you get to become sensitive to the needs of the world. It's just the way it is. And so, okay, I'll say the other side of that coin. If you're not sensitive to the needs of the world, you're not hanging around Jesus. It's not condemnatory for you because, you because you feel the needs of the world. Okay, I get you. So we hang around Jesus. We're going to become sensitive to the needs of the world. And then we're going, what are we going to do? We're going to come to him. And we're going to say, yeah, Jesus, there's some pretty big needs out here. He knows them, right? But we have, we have to bring, there's some pretty big needs out here. And we don't have what it takes to, to satisfy that's his problem, you know, like he, he made us sensitive to the need. He also called, before that, he called us to himself to be renewed image bearers, right? To be God's renewed image bearers. We're bringing the needs of the world to him. 
And then he's saying, okay, great, we can do something with this. Go and give it away, right? Go, go, and, go and pour yourselves out. In the same way that we have in mind, like the kenosis of God, right? The, the outpouring of God is the, is the story of creation from beginning to end. But so, so too we have to imitate him in pouring ourselves out and giving ourselves away. So we come, right? We, Jesus, we've noticed the need. I give myself to you. This is a totally inadequate offering. It can't meet the need of the crowd. He said, just do it. Go where I send you. Right? Be, be enlivened by my life at work in you and working through you. And trust. Right? Move. Go. Do it. And, and as they go, as they, as they give it away, right, it's, it's all there. It's all there. They don't understand it. And uh, Mark, in, in the next sections of the, of the gospel, is going to come back to that. They don't, they don't even get what's going on. So guess what? You don't have to get what's going on. Talk about a big barrier in the spiritual life, right? The question, why? Why, why God? I don't understand the voice from heaven. You don't have to understand. <laughs> you know, like, why, why do you have to understand? Yeah, we do have capacity to know, want to know, whatever, but more than knowing trust, more than knowing faith, more than knowing obedience, obedience to his call. Go where he sends you. Because he, because why? Because he's the author of, of the deed anyway. He's the author of that work. And if we go with prompt obedience to where he's sending us, and, and we give ourselves away in the way that we have seen him and received him giving himself away for us, then, then we will see God's mighty works. Yeah? We will, you know, shout it, we'll shout it from the rooftops, you know, like, <laughs> like little Joseph. He's gonna give voice to God's, to God's mighty works, you know. Well, this is what, no, this is what, I'm not surprised he's crying out because this is what, this is what Jesus said, right? I mean, we get, we'll get a cry out of the rocks if we don't get a cry out of the, out of the hearts that he's gathered to himself. So, this is it. The mighty works of God are, are awaiting what? They're awaiting our swift obedience. That's it. That's it, yeah? So let's be, let, let us, again, be, become sensitive to the needs of the world, right? Gathered around Jesus and called into God's service as his renewed image bearers, let us become sensitive to the needs of the world. And then let's go out boldly to meet those needs, knowing that God will provide for his beloved world.